Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Thursday morning. Thursday morning, day 19. Angered or anguish? What a subject. What a subject we have for you today that I hope will motivate you to storm the gates of heaven and to see prayers answered. Thanks to all of you who joined us yesterday evening for Prayers at Sunset. We do that on an impromptu, ad hoc basis, just whenever we feel impressed to do it, and last night was special. We believe miracles are at work even when our senses and everything tell us it's not happening, even when our own heart is confessing unbelief. But when our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. And we believe miracles are at work. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. And indeed, this is a miracle. It's a miracle for over a year we've been gathering here Monday through Friday, except during these intervals of 21 days where we'll just go 21 days straight. We're in that now. Can you believe we're already today 19? So, wow, welcome. Welcome to each and every one of you. And we're going to believe. We're going to believe some amazing things are at work. Share the page, like the page, follow the page, and let's see amazing things happen. 20th day of the eighth month of the 20th year, a year we could forget. We wish we could forget. Over time, we, we've been declaring this year the Mad Dog 2020. You know, Mad Dog, uh, that's, a, oh, that's a saying of the Morgan David fortified wine from years gone by, 20 ounces uh, of wine with 20% alcohol fortified. Drink that. It'll make you mad. And that just seems to be a good description of this year. Washington Post said Americans are living in a big anger incubator that rage is running high and that frustration is immense. It's in the first three months of COVID-19 pandemic in America. The overwhelming emotion was one of fear. Everybody was afraid. People were quite literally scared half to death, didn't know anything about the disease, didn't know where it came from, didn't know what was going on. And the descriptions of the disease, the sickness, the symptoms, the effects, the contagious aspect of it all, the lack of a vaccine, of a known cure, just the unknown drove America to fear. And the media had a little to do with that, too. Yeah. America became like a haunted house at Halloween. The unknown prompted fear and anxiety. But in early summer, there was a shift that took place. An emotion shifted. Fear and panic and intimidation gave way to rage and anger and frustration. And that's where we find ourselves now. And I have a cure. It's an ancient cure. I want to share it with you. Share this with someone else. Like the page, follow the page. Let's dive into this. Rage has consumed our society. You see it in people's behavior, their shortness, their curtains with one another, their driving habits. Oh, my, their driving habits. The protests have long since lost their peaceful tone, the looting, the pillaging, the destruction, the injury, the maiming, the hurt. Rage has taken over in our world. And you combine that with the political season we find ourselves in, and nothing's going to be quite the same or normal or business as usual for some time to come. But we, people of faith, we got to be careful. We can't, we can't be... Uh, 
thermometers just reflecting the attitude and atmosphere of our world. We've got to be thermostats. We've got to change the client, the, the climate of our world. We, we can't fall prey to the rage of this society or the sense of angst that rises up within because we know God is alive. We know he's on his throne. We know God cares and we know God hears us when we pray and that God will respond to us. As we said yesterday, the one thing prayer can't do is die. It is eternal and it lives on. But like fire, like those coals of fire, prayer has got to burn brighter and brighter than the world around us. And like eagles, prayer has got to fly higher than the storm clouds encircling us. It's called a fervent prayer in the Bible, the white hot prayer, the prayer that gets an answer, the prayer that avails much, the prayer that has tremendous power, the prayer that sees all of heaven and earth move into a situation. Our prayers, your prayers, my prayers, they need an accelerant. Faith acts as an accelerant, but so does intense desperation. Desperation known as anguish. And what this day needs is a baptism of anguish. In fact, that is the choice that we face today. We're just going to be angry or anguished. We have the choice, but it's through anguish that earnest cry and fervent cry of desperation that prayers are answered. There's a verse of scripture I want to mention too. Jesus has set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. He already knows what's going to happen there. He knows what's happened. The apostles sense it as well. They sense a foreboding atmosphere. They sense it in the air. The, the, the angst is so thick you could cut it with a knife. Does that sound familiar? Mark says that the apostles grew afraid. But it was during that time, the mother of James and John, two of Christ's inner circle, she made an odd request. Would you permit my sons to be seated on your left and right in the kingdom? And Jesus didn't give her the response that she was looking for, but he looked at his two closest followers and basically said, you don't know what you're asking for. But then he qualifies. He qualifies those people on the edge of darkness in Matthew 20 and 22, Jesus looked at them and said, are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I am to be baptized with? They said to him, we are able. We are able. Jesus, the passion, the anguish, the desperation of the next few hours. This is what Jesus asked his followers. Can you can you be baptized with anguish? And he's asking you and I today, will you, are you willing, are you capable of growing anguished over the world we're living in? That sounds so foreign to modern Christianity today. It's just strange. In a day, in an age where people are just doing the go along, get along, smiling pastor, laughing revival, at least up until the COVID shutdown. It was nonstop entertainment, endless cycles of how-to clinics, how to be better, how to do this better. When the answer, the answer is painful, but the answer for our hour is a baptism of anguish. Will Rogers was a comedian of yesteryear. Warren Wiersbe in a book about integrity told a story about Will Rogers. And he was he was entertaining at a polio hospital in Los Angeles, and before Rogers that day were some very sick patient, very young, twisted in pain and agony. And Rogers did what he always did. He got everybody laughing, treating it as good medicine. But when in those 
one of those moments of laughter, Rogers left the platform to go to the men's room. And the founder of the hospital found him there, thought, thought he may be sick. But when he opened the restroom door, he found the comedian leaning against the wall, sobbing like a child for what he had seen. He closed the door. A few minutes passed and Rogers reemerged to the platform full of smiles. If you want to know somebody's character, hear me carefully. They, you need to know the answer to three questions. What makes that person laugh? What makes that person angry? And what makes that person cry? Those are great tests of character for every one of us. I got some correspondence recently from a person in a distant area, and he had said something offensive about someone. He needed to apologize, and I was just gently trying to help him into making that apologize. And he finally told me, just said, look, Brother Gurley, I'm not into apologizing. I'm, in into, I'm just into running spears through people who don't believe like I do. Some people believe that's what we need in the church today is just a bunch of angry people. I don't think so. James said the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It doesn't matter how angry you get. Anger is not going to get you into the heavenlies. What Jesus is looking for is not angered followers, but anguished followers. Those who know the baptism of anguish, that fervent desperation, that earnest cry. What is anguish? If you were to define anguish, you would find it means extreme pain. It means distress. It, it, can, mean, it can mean suffering. It can mean the feeling, the sensation of mental, physical, or emotional pain. Uh, it, it's sort of best described than defined. And it's described in Hannah, who wept between a porch and an altar, and the carnal Eli thought she was drunk, but no. She'd been baptized with anguish. She had a need that so overwhelmed her that she was at a loss. It's the Moseses of old who will come down from a mountain and will see a flagrant display of disobedience and perversion and sensuality from people who knew better. And he would stand in the gap and he would intercede and he would cry out to God. That's anguish. We need some people like Jesus in our day who will weep over a city who will cry over a city. You see, the simple difference between anger and anguish is a broken heart. We are of the order of the broken heart. At Calvary, Jesus' heart was broken. It's the baptism. What a metaphor for a baptism of anguish. People of a broken heart crying out to God. It's easy to get angry, especially in a day like this. Anger is a narcotic Anger, though, is an expensive luxury that you or I can afford. We can't afford it. It's easy to get angry at somebody else because of their sins, their failures. It's not. It's pretty hard to look at ourselves and allow God to break our own hearts over our own failures. You see, anger is anguish is more than a concern. The priest and Levite who passed the wounded man on Jericho Road, they may have been concerned, but it was a good Samaritan who was moved by the hurt and pain that step forward to help. It's anguish that invites involvement and draws you into the predicament where you stand in the gap. Hanani and a delegation from Jerusalem came to see Nehemiah. They were concerned about the ruin and decay of Jerusalem, but it was only Nehemiah who fell to his face before God and began to cry out, is it any wonder then that the one who was baptized by anguish, Nehemiah, was used by God 
to address the needs of his civilization. God is looking for people in the COVID-19 world who are willing to share his broken heart and to feel as he feels, uh, to be baptized with the same anguish uh, that he knows. It's only by going through the baptism of his suffering can a person be used mightily of God, that a person can be elevated in the midst of God. You see only those of the order of the broken heart. Their hearts have been crushed and their spirits have been broken and they've been baptized with anguish. It's only those who feel the heart of God and can sense how much the sin and the despair of this world pains him and hurts him. I don't believe this is the day to simply speak of revivals and last day outpourings. This is not just a day to speak of seeing lost loved ones saved, although we want that and we want an awakening and we want a revival and outpouring. This is not a day just to speak of how can we fix ruined marriages and how can we restore bad relationships. I believe this is a day. This is a day that is poignant. It's a day that is calling for anguish. We should speak of anguish. I know America is reeling right now. She's reeling too because of her disobedience. That once bright, shining light on a hill, hill has faded to a shadow of her former self. But what concerns me more than America is the state of the church. Where are the people of faith? Where are those people that will not be apathetic, but will pick up a cross and will cry out, and will crucify their flesh. Where are the people of God who will be baptized with anguish over this world? What are the possibilities unlocked by the baptism of anguish? There are several. Let me just mention these real quickly, a few of them. Here's the, just call them the blessings of anguish. First is joy. Hebrews 12 said that Jesus endured the cross. He endured the anguish for the joy that was set before him. On the other side of anguish, there is joy. On the other side of mourning, there is laughter. Oh, yes, joy does not come to you through physical pleasures. Oh, there's momentary pleasures of sin for a season. Uh, those brief fleeting sensations of pleasure, they dull the pain for a moment and only for a measure. But true joy comes from sowing in tears, because if you sow in tears in anguish, you will reap in joy. True joy comes from giving yourself away, your time, energy, talent, treasure. Jesus was baptized in anguish, but the present pain gave way to future gain. And the momentary affliction, Paul said, works for a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Oh, praise God. That's a blessing of anguish is joy. In addition to joy is purpose. When she Jesus told James and John, you will indeed be baptized with the same anguish. You follow their stories. James is the only one of the original 12 apostles whose martyrdom is told of in the book of Acts. In Acts 12, Herod took him, executed him. Peter would go free for the while, but James would be executed. And this is sort of the dichotomy that we find ourselves in this 2020. I'm rejoicing with people that were healed of COVID-19, and I rejoice with you, and I unabashedly share your joy in that miracle. Oh, praise God. But I also know that for the Peter who is going to be released, the apostle who will be released from prison, there's going to be a James 
that will not be released. There will be a James that will suffer and he will be and he will perish. And so I'm in this process of rejoicing with those who are healed, but I weep. I weep with those that are going through the anguish right now. John was exiled to Patmos, and tradition says he was boiled in oil. So you have one of the apostles, James, who gave his life in the book of Acts. John is exiled, and tradition says boiled in oil. There was pain. There was pain, but there was also purpose. Their lives mattered to God. When those two brothers dropped, when those two brothers dropped their fishing nets and followed after Jesus, they were entering into a life that mattered. They were fishers of men. Hear me carefully. I've lived long enough and ministered long enough uh, and watched things rise and fall to tell you today the only thing that succeeds uh, in God's world is that which begins with a baptism of anguish, uh, with tears, with pain, with sorrow, with suffering. I'm weary of meetings uh, with people who only have good ideas. A good idea has never changed a lot. A great plan doesn't change lives. Uh, only anguish will turn the world upside down. Uh, it's joy, it's meaning or purpose. And then the third blessing of anguish is an answered prayer. That's a benefit. You see, when you go through the same baptism with Jesus, you're closer to him. You hear his voice. You know how to pray. Your prayers are answered in abundance. Your life becomes an answered prayer. It becomes a testimony of one who's been through the baptism. You've come out of the fire without the smell of smoke. It's only those who are baptized with the anguish of the Lord who feels over the lost souls of our world that truly understand and comprehend what matters to God. They speak the word and God backs it up. God is looking for people to be baptized with anguish so he may answer our prayers. It's a matter of the heart. It's what God cares about. What changes lives is the baptism of anguish. When a person, when you, when you, when me, when we get so convicted in our own heart, we step before God and say, I want to see as you see. I want to feel as you feel. I want to think as you think. Let your heart be my heart, your passion, my passion, your desire, my desire. Anguish will come. But hear me carefully. When Zion travails, she will bring forth her children. Anguish brings changed lives. Anguish being cut to your heart and walking the floors at night, joining us here for morning devotion to cry out to God, to encourage one another, to be so burdened for people like Esther. You can eat nothing day and night. Uh, spiritual blindness in part has happened to the children of God in America. It starts with dimness of vision and purpose and accelerates through carnal living and our heart gets calloused and we live in a conventional, take it easy, American Christian lifestyle. Don't bother me. We get like the people of Gadara. You remember when Jesus set the demoniac free in Gadara, they didn't rejoice. They asked Jesus to leave. Oh, they didn't want the miraculous. They wanted the same old, same old. They wanted to live and dwell in their comfort zone. If I could somehow reach through and get a hold of you right now, if I could place my hands on the back of each of your necks and say, I love you, but I have to tell you the truth. 
you're changing. You're not, you're not what you used to be. Something is wrong. You've grown cold or hard or there's no brokenness. There's no passion. Going through the motions. If I could reach you and tell you, you have to be baptized with anguish. What would you do if I could reach you like that? Would you trust what someone else sees rather than your own eyes? Would you humble yourself? Would you cry out to God? James, John, can you be baptized with this? Can you? They said, we are able. Don't waste this pain. Don't waste 2020. Because in the midst of this pain, there's going to be a rebirth. There is a new you longing to be set free. And it will come when you are baptized with anguish and see prayers answered. Speaking of answered prayers, would you come along the side now? Leave your prayer requests as we begin to wind up this devotion for today. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow and Sunday. But would you leave your prayer requests out to the side? Come along, encourage one another. Bear ye one another's burdens. But more importantly than anything else, get lost in the spirit of prayer. Approach God with tears. He will not cast you out. He will answer prayer. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Share it with someone else. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.